Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hello, parents. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Um, we've been doing a few with people, which is us, honey. We're just, yes, we're like, back to, back to us. We started with us when we talked about this, <laughs> this technology series, and we're ending with us. It's kind of like we're on a date. Exactly. <laughs> wrapping it up. We are, we are just out on a date with our friends <laughs> and all of our friends out there that are the power Talking the, about our lives and our experiences. Yes. And, and so we started with this book, Screens and Teens by Kathy. Cook. 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 <laughs> Cook. I always want to call it. It's, it's K-O-C-H. K-O-C-H. Yes. And so it's so very confusing. I want to say Koch. Yeah. And I think I used to know a guy that said it like that. So, But, but she says it is Cook. She does say it is Cook. And she is yes. a PhD. She's got a great book, Screens and Teens. But really, we just want to have a discussion about, we want to end this series. So in the book, chapter two, actually, yes. Kathy talks about five truths. Now, there's a lot of stuff, I think, in the back about, you know, um, how to stop thing? Oh, a bunch of practical stuff, if I remember right. Right. Well, so yeah, she'll go through those for sure. But actually, the book she actually talks about the lies. Yes, so that's I love what I was it that she of. starts at the beginning of the book just talking about the truths. And so what we did is we pulled out these five truths that she talks about. She says they're in, they're essential insights that help us understand our teens' beliefs, what motivates them, their choices, and their behaviors. And so when you pull out those those things and you understand those things, then that's what drives our kids. And the way this lines up so much with what we teach at Crazy Cool Family is so often we see parents working on the outside of things. We want to control screen time and these things are good. We're not saying in any way they're, that they're bad because they're not, but we focus so much on the outside. We don't focus, hey, what if your kid regulated themselves? Right. What if they believed certain things about technology with you so that because how we believe will determine what we do? And if your kid, if we can talk to them about the internal beliefs, the truths about technology, about relationship, about all these mm-hmm. things that we're going to talk about today, then the teenager says, you know what? it's a good thing for me not to be on my phone all the time, rather than the parent saying, hey, you shouldn't be on your phone all the time. Right, exactly. And I love it that you said all that. And so what we're going to do today, though, is we're going to take her five things that she talks about, and um, we're going to share with you what we did as we raised our kids and how we addressed each of those five things. And you had said internally motivate them, but actually some of the things that we're going to talk about were the external things things, which technology is an external thing. And so what is it that we did that um, basically matched, competed with, maybe even removed the desire for technology because we did it a different way. We did it with relationships. We did it with people. We did it with things to do. Well, and she's talking about things that the outside things are like um, how the teen interacts with their world and how they truce. She said five truths about teenagers. And so one of them, the first one is this. Teens' relationships build their beliefs. So what that means is, is who they're around is going to greatly influence 
what they believe, especially in the teenage years. Exactly. And what's, what she says, which is pretty crazy, is that it's the opposite for adults. Our beliefs are what drives our relationships. Like we'll join a church because it lines up with what we believe. Yeah. Or our political party is what we believe. And so that's the people that we we, commun- we connect with. But the teens are just the opposite. They're relationships, which makes complete sense if you think about social media and how wrapped up our kids are. They're letting someone else tell them what they believe. Yeah, they don't really know how to have, they haven't figured out yet how to, what they really do believe. Right, exactly. So, so that's why she it... says teens change in their beliefs a lot. Yes. And and, yes. and as parents, you know what, so I was just comp- thinking about this the other day. So I'm, uh, Michael, our oldest son, is 21 years old. So he's thinking about, he's a junior in college. He's thinking about what he wants to do when he grows up. And can I say me too? Yeah. <laughs> well, but but in particular, he's got a lot of different ideas. And so as a parent, you know, uh, he had one idea. I won't tell you what it is. But he just had one idea that I was like, nah. But, but, but <laughs> Did I, you I, tell I, him no, that? No, I didn't. That's just it. Because I'm thinking, you know, I don't think you're going to like that in the long run. Right. And, and I, and I kind of just said, hey. So that surprises me a little bit, but I really, <laughs> Interesting. But, yeah, but I really, but I, it wasn't that I didn't even like the idea. It was just that I was, and I, I told him, I said, Hey, I'm not going to rain on any idea you have exactly. because you are yeah. in the process of thinking. And, and that's really what teens do. They, they think about Michael's 21. So he's past being a teenager, but you know, that in the younger ages, they are really thinking about how. And we talk about even as a child is coming from like 12 to 18, they are forming their belief system. Oh, most definitely. And so they're they're asking questions. And so different people have influence on them. And so to back to, yeah, so to back to Kathy's point, she says teens' relationships are built on their beliefs. And so what we did is, I mean, I'm not going to say that we picked our kids' friends, but... We did make it very difficult for them to hang out with certain people more than other people. So there were people that that lined up with what we believed, that lined up, like their parents were teaching their kids what we were teaching our kids, our principles and values, morals all lined up. And it was a lot easier to play with those kids and invite them over. Imagine that. Well, and I think also we, I can just remember having a lot of questions or discussions with our kids about, oh, really, what do you like about that? person yes why do you th- what, what makes you want to hang out with them Definitely. what do they do they encourage you is it a good thing and i think when when you again asking questions and the teen the teenager thinks you know maybe that's not a great relationship for me and they we've seen i mean uh, i've seen it happen at least a few times with our kids that they were going down a certain friend path right and they chose to go somewhere a, a different friend path because of maybe those kids started doing some things they didn't like, or, or I mean, what it or might have even, it might have even been that they believed something differently. I remember having a conversation with one of the girls, and they said, "Mom, that this friend of ours, she believes that it's okay to." have sex with whoever she wants, whenever she wants. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what do you believe? What do we believe? What does the Bible say about that? And it kind of stopped the relationship a little bit because yep. they didn't have those beliefs in common anymore. And so the whole point is that what we did is we we did the, knowing that with small children, with teenagers, with small children, that the relationships build their beliefs, then we did the best that we could to surround them with like with people that believed 
what we believe, and like now, we believe and now that's with church and with school and, and all the different places where they were surrounded by people. I mean, of course, you're not always, it's not always going to be that way. You're not always, and I actually, the diversity of beliefs is really good. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. But if it was a radical different belief than us, then. Well, and I think now those relationships extend to who they're talking online and their gaming and stuff like that. So you got to just continue to ask questions because. You know, you'll never exactly. like the, the other day I was talking to one of my sons. I'm being so stealth here about who's, you know, about what <laughs> they're really. doing. <laughs> no, I was talking to one of my sons and, and, and that son mentioned that he, he was interested in a, um, in a military career. And I said, really? You know, uh, I said, uh, you know, that I said, you know, where did, how did you, I said, I've never been in the military. Right. You know, where, we're, we're not really around military people a lot. And he said one of them was uh, we went fishing and this guy was in the service and he said some things that triggered McKay to think about, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, and how he. That's the son. <laughs> oh, I just said it, didn't I? Oh, wow. Sorry. Okay. That's so, okay. You can know. But, you know, there was, um, no, forget it. I'm not stealth, I guess. <laughs> so. Um, Open book. Uh, I'm so transparent. Going. Yeah. I have so much trouble lying. But, um, or being a secret. Yeah, exactly. No, that's but, good, though. That's, that is. But, that, I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, you know, there, but it, by asking the questions and talking to him about it, Love I found it. that out. And if sometimes you might find out some things where they've gotten maybe a wrong belief. And so you think, okay, well, what, why do you feel that way? Or how does that line up with scripture? You know, whatever it is. And just asking those questions that our teenagers are so smart. Yes. And they do want to, you know, they, they want to have a good life. They're just trying to figure it out like we are, uh, you know, just asking those questions help. So just knowing that, just go back to just know that their relationships are dictating their beliefs. And so um, knowing that that's what's happening, what are you going to do about it? Right. You right. know, ha- who are you going to surround them with? And if there are if there are people in their lives, and there will be, that believe differently than what you believe and what you would like your children to believe, then process it with your kids by asking questions. And I thought this second one was so it was it was enlightening to me and I think it's really true because it doesn't but it doesn't feel true because it feels like teenagers are so selfish and apathetic (laughs) you know and it's all about me yeah but it says that teenagers want to improve their world and and you know and the world and our world and the world that we live in and and I think that they are so exposed to the world we weren't exposed to the world like I mean I remember I was talking to a guy today who's about the same age as me and, and you know we're in our 50s and so um, I'm so stealth again you know I won't say, I won't say like my real age right and so, like, yeah, yeah. he was 60 I was 57 okay so and so my birthday's in September yeah, exactly. and was- <laughs> I, so I was talking to him about reading the paper you know how we used the to newspaper. just see the newspaper. Well, yeah, not just a term paper or anything. It was the it was the newspaper, and so you know, just but going through and how we would sit down. That's how we learned about the world. Yeah, was through the newspaper or through magazines or, or the six o'clock news or yeah. And they are they have this constant. You know, they're on YouTube and they're on you know social media and there's all these things happening where they are bombarded with mm-hmm. the world, and so they have and so they get into causes. You know, and and. And, you know, and then we yeah. dismiss those causes or they don't line up with our political beliefs or whatever. And it can actually cause conflict in relationships instead of having 
oh, let's see how we can have shared values to go towards like, you know, you were saying like we, we did things like we would put our kids in situations where they could serve. And, I, and I, when I said, you know, the word I put down here was purpose. Mm-hmm. When our kids Instead. have purpose and they have a purpose beyond themselves, that's a great thing. I love well, it. And know that that, world. Yes, because that, exactly, that underlining desire is that they do want to improve the world. I think all human beings are wired with that. I really do. But I think that where it's different is that as a child, they're so self-centered. But as a teenager, they actually do start looking up and looking around. And they do start, and they want to know where they can make an impact and where they can make a difference. And so what is it that we need to put in our kids' lives well, that... Well, they'll they'll do that. And so just know that technology or gaming for sure, I mean, both those places, they can, they think they can improve the world. They can kill all the bad guys, you know, or they can write an encouraging post. And so they feel like that that is an outlet, but that is not the outlet that we use for our kids. Well, but just think about this concept. I was just, it just kind of dawned on me as we were talking here. What is our goal as believers? We want to bring heaven to earth. Right. We want to bring it in. And it's a great because why we want the best life for ourselves. We want the best life for others. We want people to be we want people to see God's grace when they start to try to improve their world. Yeah. However, it is. That's just a little taste of bringing heaven to earth. That's so and true. they get and they get a little taste of that. And then instead of wanting selfish things, they want more. I mean, you know, I remember when we were when we were young and we had um Oh, I mean, our kids were probably, you know, maybe 12, 13 years old. Every year we would do for our neighbors, we would do a babysitting project and what we would do for Christmas. And we wouldn't tell all our neighbors, okay, this afternoon from 12 to 5, you bring your kids over. So and, you can and go Christmas shopping or decorate the house you or do whatever, date, whatever, you whatever you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And so our, all of our family was involved. We did it for probably like five years in a row, something right, like that, until right. we got so tired of it. We couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't stand it anymore. But I mean, you know, but that was a way our kids learned to serve. I think the little kids in the neighborhood grew up. That's probably true. It's, I think that's probably more of what <laughs> it was. But it was a hard day. <laughs> but it was. But it, yeah. And so that's kind of one of the things that we did is, you know, how did we have our kids help improve the world? Like what was their outlet? And one of them was babysitting, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of the neighbor's kids or or helping a neighbor or doing lawn work. Or, I mean, we're, we were a part of a church that we actually got to help build. And so, I mean, we were setting up chairs and cleaning bathrooms and emptying trash and and doing child care our our right. children even though they were in the classroom with us they were actually the helpers i mean molly pretty much ran the ran the the child care in our church when she was five years old up right I mean, she was our helper <laughs> yeah, and so true. that's just one of the ways that we pushed our kids toward this is how you're improving the world this is how you're helping we met that need yeah, and I mean, even it graduated to be more like mission trips yes. and going on, um, you know, trips all over the world. I mean, I literally our kids, uh, and it's been through the blessing of others. We have given as we could give to others. They've given to us, and uh, you know, it's just been this community of people that have sent our kids, literally us and our kids, 
all over the world, Africa, China, you know, we, we had, you know, and mission trips just make them see the world and you get to see people differently and they get to serve and help and love and, and build, go through adversity church, and all that. They built yeah. a school, yeah. they've um, prepared meals, they've got shoes and distributed shoes. And so they've got to see that the world is bigger than them and that they got to help improve it a little I remember bit. Michael and I just literally making concrete out of sand and rocks and you know and gravel and the and the mortar mix you know and and we would just have to keep show there was this process we went through and we would shovel it through and he we were exhausted at the end of the day because we were building a 14 13 13. yeah he was we were building a cinder block church in honduras and you know he it just he'll never forget that right you know it it was it was a great experience where at the end of the day we were exhausted we would eat you know beans and rice and tortillas and we would (laughs) talk about jesus you know with men and and teenagers right uh you know those are those are just examples of well and then one that's closer to home is i just remember every year don had the kids out there staining our fence you know sanding it down and staining our fence now the fence desperately needed it and the kids did a terrible job but it was a project for them to do that was outside of technology and it was outside of what they even wanted to do but they were able to see oh we're improving the world we're blessing our neighbors by creating creating a pretty fence and well you know and even then this relates to them the third one which are and these two kind of go together teens are creative innovative and entrepreneurial. And I think we don't give them credit for that. I really think we think that teens are lazy, they're apathetic, they're selfish. I mean, I think that, I don't think that we understand that they actually are creative. They need an outlet for that, that they Mm -hmm. want to change the world. And it's not through the school system. They don't want to sit in front of a teacher all day long and be told things. They want to yeah. do and explore and adventure. They want to create. And so I, I think that our, our school system is probably not meeting that need for them. And so as parents, what are, what yeah. are we going to do? What, how are we going to meet that need? Well, and I think that, you know, one way is sports. Yeah, sports that's how we did there, it for sure. There's so much about sports that, um, you know, requires creativity requires everything discipline teamwork so many things cooperation but it, competitiveness it teaches you how to win how to lose how to follow authority and yes so many things but let's talk about the innovativeness the audience i think video games do that too i mean that's why kids are attracted well, that's why to that, it. And that's why the real all of these things that's why they're attracted to it yeah they want to figure it out they want minecraft to, you know I love incredible it. i mean so yeah. you take legos and you make it virtual and now you've got minecraft and that i mean i remember the little boys just showing me mom show, show me this and i was you know virtually handicapped <laughs> and go through and watch oh my how did you what i can't even fathom how they did it and they built yeah. whole societies yes and they're so patient with it yes. i mean it's just i mean i would they're block, like my, block. yes <laughs> and i've got i gotta keep digging here and i'm like digging, or they had this digging. they had this farm game and i mean it would be like it would feed take, real, the yes, animals. it would take days they wouldn't feed like, our chickens but they'd feed yes, their virtual animals I don't have want anything to do with that. This is taking, you know, gosh, give me some, 
instant gratification, but yeah. um, but they loved it and they love it. And they still, I mean, they go back and play, you know, Minecraft and Terraria and all those things because it's like a... It, so it is an outlet for that. And so what are, so just think about that with your family. If you want to limit technology or if you want to redirect them to real life experiences, know that your kids are creative and innovative and entrepreneurial. What can you do? I mean, all of my kids have had a lemonade stand. I mean, that is the <laughs> rite of passage for childhood. Yeah. And so if your kids haven't had that yet, then do that. We, I remember one year we were raising money for our church. And so we actually went and got um, mistletoe from the tops of trees, right. tied a bow on it, and then sold it. And so they, they wanted to make money. They want, I mean, the boys are all the time saying, Mom, do you think that I could do this and you know make some money? You think I could go to all the neighbors yeah. and roll their trash cans out to the street for them and charge them you know, $5? You know? <laughs> and so what do we do with that? How do you grow that? How do you build that? How well, do you encourage that? Let me just give you a few things I think relate to that. One of them is to look to create projects where they can succeed or fail. I mean, like That's little good. things, like even at yeah. three years old, it can be so often we want to control everything and do it for them. Let them just try it, you know, put That's them good. in controlled situations all the way up and say, you know, so let me give you some examples like a three-year-old let them try to build that on their own and then let them look to you for help or, you know, let me just do that. Okay. Now keep going. And if they make a mistake, it's okay. Like we had the, just an example. We had our Truett here all weekend and he's almost three and he want he loves to build things tall, vertical. And so he kept doing it, but it kept falling over and he'd get frustrated. And I said, Hey, what would happen if you put two blocks on the bottom? What would happen if you put four blocks on the bottom? That's called the base. And if you build the base bigger, then it can go taller. And so I didn't do it for him. And we just talked through it. And then the next thing you know, he had, he's like, yeah, yeah, look at this giant tower. <laughs> I'm like, it's all about the base, buddy. <laughs> well, and, and it goes all the way to Maddox, our 17-year-old. I'm just going to name him. We're not going to go stealth on this. Okay, We're not going on this. But no, Maddox. No, you've mentioned all three yeah, sons. Exactly. So that's good. Babe. Maddox is in now... We, we just launched a YouTube channel. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're it's watching our podcast. We, <laughs> we actually uh, film our podcast now and put them on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. And so... Um, so if you want to watch us, That's you right. You can watch us. We're, I'm having hand motions right now as we talk. And so... Um, but um, I'm, I'm talking with my hands. But I, if you... But I... We put Maddox in charge of the YouTube channel. I said, yes. Maddox... I want you to you know make substantially this more than we yes. do about YouTube. So will you make us look good and sound good? And he and he is he is I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, it just chokes me up talking about. It. He um he has brought so much insight into that because yeah, he, he and has. he's but it's it's just filling that creativity that innovation. Hey, Dad, he was just in here. Hey, you know when we were talking about whether we're going to set this up with two tables or one table, and how the camera is going to be set up, and and we when did, to look at you yeah. and on the screen, and when to yes, and and when to how to do the intro and the the thumbnails, what it's called. Well, you know, and he's even YouTube said I, he really enjoys it, and it's because it's that creative outlet. He goes, yeah. I didn't think I'd like this as much as I do, but I really do. He's actually going to probably take a class in the spring about editing just right. so he can go to the next level so with every it. level so we're talking about yeah. helping our teens improve their world you know just engaging with them you know even you know back i want to i forgot to say this but back to the relationships just for a minute there back was to the first one because yeah. that was the second one well, and we're actually talking about the third about, one yes. but we're going but, back to the but first it goes one back now. to the whole thing and, and it really influences all three of these because the fourth one and the fifth one are a little bit like a they'll take a little bit different spin 
But it says teens are influenced, this book says teens are influenced by relationships, by relationship. And so parents have to, parents have to grow the relationship. This is in chapter two of Kathy's book. We have to show them we believe our relationship is meaningful, so they believe the relationship is meaningful. It doesn't matter what we say is true, it's what teens see as true. Wow. And it's so That's cool. Good. So in all of these three things, what are you doing to help build their beliefs? You That's do good. it through relationship. What are you doing to help them learn to improve their world and to bring heaven to earth? You do it through relationship by by engaging with them and giving them opportunities. What do you do to help them be creative, innovative, and entrepreneurial? You know, even one of the things I was going to say as I was going through my list there was talk to them about their video games. Right. Just sit down and talk to them. And what, so true. And, hey, what are you doing with Minecraft there? Or how does this game work? Well, I go shoot all these people and, you know, this happens. Or, and, I know, and I win. And I win. Or, you know, and, and, and talk to them about because solo. they love to. solo thing that they would say. I was solo. You know, I was like, what does that yeah. mean? Because I was the last one left. And, and they love it that they know more than you do. And those, <laughs> and those are good things. So it's all about, you know, um, even they were given an example here. It says, um. You know, this, this parent was sharing that he, her and her son were going through a tough time. He, and he wrote down some things. He says, I don't know you, and I feel like you don't know me. You talk to me about things that need to be done, but you don't talk to me about my thoughts and feelings. Hey, there's a great... You know, you want to get through this technology stuff. You want to influence your kids' belief systems. You want to engage with them. Man, those are the things that you need that we need to do to make that happen. Which just tees up the next point perfectly. Teen security is in technology. That's where they are the most comfortable. That's where they've grown up. That's actually where they feel like they have control. That's where they feel like that their beliefs are coming from, where they can impact and improve the world, where they can have an outlet for creativity. It is a, it's a, it's a, um, an entity where they feel like that they are known, and, they are understood, that they are. I mean, and so it's a, it's a, it's a false sense of all that. It's that's not true and it's not real, but to them it is. Well, and think about this parents i mean our teenagers today are getting their they're shaping their belief system they've got all this stuff coming at them and the the natural the way god designed it is for the outlet to be their family and their parents and to talk to things and maybe their brothers and sisters but instead, sometimes those things aren't safe. Right. That's and exactly. so that they don't. And, and that's where we talk about is how do you create that safe place? Because if you're not safe there, they will go to that phone that is safe. Right. Or that social media where they can hide. And if but if you can do it where you become a safe place, then they're not going to make their security as much in technology. And so that's what we did is, is we just we made sure that um, we were safe that our kids could come talk to us, whether they messed up or whether they did something amazing. And we we wanted to be available for them. There was, it was always inconvenience when they wanted to talk to us, but we would <laughs> shut down what we were doing yeah. and we would be available. And so be safe and available. And then when they messed up, and they will, we all do, and this is a great time and a season for them to mess up. Their world is getting bigger and they don't know how to handle it, so they're gonna mess up and that's great. Because then what you can do is you can extend grace and mercy and you can be an example of who their true heavenly father is and how God responds to them. Because our ultimate goal, wouldn't you say, is our security is not even in parents. It's in God. 
Yeah. And that's what we want to transfer. We want to be an example of how incredible and amazing God is so that they will choose to choo- choose God as their security. But right now they are very much um, drawn to and, and attracted to the false security of technology, gaming. We hear so many parents talk about with their teenagers, I can't get them to talk to me. That that's yeah. they are on their technology all the time, and and she says in the book here that there is this natural struggle with and hey guess what parents and she says in here too we have the problem too yes we we have the problem our technology has replaced so many things so many gadgets so many things and we we go to it and then we develop habits of going back to it they're doing the same thing it was a fascinating quote she had in here she said. Um, and this was about substances, but I think it relates to technology, she says. One in four Americans who begin using any addictive substance before age 18 are addicted, compared to one in 25 who started using it at age 21 or older. Mm-hmm. So these, our kids, there is this natural, I mean, can you, let me make sure you understood that. If, if somebody used a substance when they were be, before they were 18, there's a one in four chance they will be addicted to it. But if they use the substance, and I'm assuming that's like alcohol or drugs right, or whatever, right. then they will be one in 25 chance of being addicted. I mean, that's right. fascinating to me because well, it makes them, and it applies to it. What it means is there's tracks being developed. There's this right. natural um, conflict going on yeah. between, you know, as we try to help our teens not develop habits that are going to last a lifetime and that leads to the that tees up that last point perfectly that they are they are tech addicted they are addicted to it and so that lines that up because they've been exposed to it so much because they did they have played with it because they have met their needs built their beliefs and all that stuff before they were 18 mm-hmm. they started when they were one two three four five they have been building like you said those tracks in their brains for a long time right and what that looks like that tech addicted it looks like they're tired they're stressed they're overwhelmed they're depressed they're lonely i mean basically they want to escape real life to go to that technological world that they live in once again we talked about that because it's it in their mind it's a better place right and so how do we uh, counteract that right we invite them in we invite them in i feel like i am constantly trying to drag my boys out of the rooms right and so but i can get mad about that or i can see the one things i was trying to point out the first is it's a normal conflict that you're going through. Oh, don't yes. get don't get mad about it. Just be aware you know, of it. No, yeah. just know. Now now you're equipped with that. Okay, my child is addicted. Okay, don't be afraid of that. Don't be scared of that. So how do you counteract that? You create real experiences. And that's what mm-hmm. we did as our kids were growing up. We actually made or worked really hard to make real life more attractive than virtual life. Yeah. And so and it's we hard. Would, I mean, it, it, it is it, hard it, and it, it's it costly and it takes effort. And yeah. if you're working all day and you come home and you're exhausted, then it's a lot easier for them to disappear and go play in their virtual world than mm-hmm. it is to gather everybody up and go on a family walk or have a nice, pleasant family dinner because sometimes everybody's tired we'll do and it. annoyed. Sometimes we do it with technology, too, where we participate with them in watching a show or something yes. like that. So technology can be a part of it, but that's where getting involved in church, you know, again, go back to, go back to purpose. You know, even with technology, teens have a purpose. I want to conquer that video game or whatever. What if we introduce rather than say, Oh, I think we tend to attack it as, Oh, video games are bad. 
Instead, what if we say, hey, this is awesome. This right. is better. You know, whether that be a, a sporting event or a, a project or, you know, if they're smaller, you know, interacting. You know, the book talks about how we train our kids to become tech addicted because we put the technology in their face instead because it's harder to create a play date. It's harder to sit down and, and interact with them, but right. guess what? That's gonna make it better in the long term. Yeah, and so that's what I was gonna say is I just really if you change anything in your life at all before you put a bunch of parameters on your kids, create real life experiences for them. I mean and think about that. You can pull them in and say, hey, let's do some real life things instead of some virtual things. What is that? What do you want to do? Okay, we've we go on vacation. We'll go out on a boat. We'll go on a hike. Mm -hmm. We'll um, have friends even, even over. With the friends little kids, are, it's like we just go outside. Yes, go outside. Yes, definitely yeah. go play. Go on a walk. Go on a nature walk. Just so get your just get creative and think. What are some things that we can do? Just think. Just, just think the terminology: real life, virtual life, and if you can create a real life that's more attractive and more interesting than a virtual life, then you won't have to fight the battle. Yep. You, well, they're not going to be like, I want to play my game. Are you kidding me? We're going to the zoo. I mean, we're going to go swimming. Yeah. We're going to do, you know, we're going to laugh. We're going to play a game. Virtual. This will be way more fun than that. And it's, it's, it, when you win them over, then it won't be a battle as much because reality is they are wired to choose life. They are wired yeah. to want to have fun. They're wired to want to laugh and, and interact. They are wired for relationship. And they want relationship with you. I know it might not look like it, and they might not act like it, but it really is in there. And so that's what we're trying to tap into. I was I was reminded of um, you talking to Maddox. I'm going to reveal him again. <laughs> is that, um, and, you, and he was just saying, you know what, Mom? The, we just we've had a week the last week of our family being there it's my dad's 90th birthday party so mm -hmm. so excited everybody came in and we we had a so we had everybody in the house so to speak for a few days and uh, at the end of it Suzanne was talking to Maddox and he goes mom we're just we're healthy and that's why we enjoy each other and that's why we want he said you know everybody in our family is you know they're not perfect but they're healthy and therefore they they, and and we certainly have technology yeah. addictions. We have all of us. You know, I don't I don't use paper at all. I am I am all about technology and and hopefully in a productive way. But I struggle with technology and being on my phone too much or looking at my iPad too much or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, looking at Facebook too much or reading about news too much. I mean, I absolutely struggle with that, and I think we all do in various ways. Um, but as Maddox said, we're healthy. And so we've developed some habits over time where we do value relationship and we right. have, we, we value relationship. We've taught our kids to value relationship and it just, and it's always a struggle, but it works and you struggle, but you're, you're getting, it gets better. And, right. and therefore and your kids develop habits where they don't, they, they, they see it for themselves. And I guess, you know, that's kind of what I want to wrap up is where we started is we're working more on the inside. Right. And it doesn't mean you don't put parameters and keep them from getting addicted. You know, just remember the longer you can push things off, the less likely they are to be addicted because the more they're developing other habits. But, um, but it's not about just the outside. And when we focus too much on the outside, we destroy the relationship and we actually drive our kids towards behaviors that we would rather them not do.
Exactly. And so just to even to just wrap up that part too, that know that the the technology, the the um what's happening to our kids is they're they're tired, stressed, overwhelmed. We talked about that. They want to escape their lonely or whatever that is. But when we embrace those relationships, that's that's truth. We get to draw that out in them. Mm-hmm. Their, te- their social media is not going to tell them that they're beautiful and that they're smart and that they're courageous, but another person who sees them is. And so that's what we're going after. Mm-hmm. And so as we wrap up all of this information, and now you've been, now you kind of know what drives teenagers or drives our kids to want to do technology. And now you've been equipped with, oh, we're going to do real life over virtual life because real life gives you accurate data. And information right, right. that builds those tracks that you've talked about. Our question to you is, what are you going to do, you know, to to change or impact or, or rearrange the um, the time and the input that's put into real life virtues virtual? Well, I love the way you wrote this and Suzanne wrote this. Again, I'm just revealing here, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just being super transparent. But, but I'm, I'm going to read it, but she wrote it. It says, you know, The question is not how to control technology. The question is, what's going to work best for your family to meet their relational, spiritual, emotional, technological needs of each child in this season of life? Because when your child's three, technology is going to have a different way of life. You know, think about how is not how are we going to control technology or how are we going to keep technology away from them, but how are you going to use technology to help meet the needs of their life? We all agree that technology is good. We don't want to live in caves. We like electricity. (laughs) We like air conditioning. We like television. Sometimes we, you know, there's ways to embrace technology. And and I love the way you said that. How are we going to use technology? How are we going to see technology i mean it's just a piece of it it's a part of the relational the spiritual the emotional the technological it's a big it's not its own thing it's not over here it's part of all of it and how are we going to use it to our advantage how are we going to use it to build our kids to be a success and not let them get caught up in being tired stressed lonely lied to you know and the way you're going to do that is through relationship yeah so that's if you you know take that away i mean Yeah. yeah So you're going to do it through relationship and you're going to do it through by seeing technology as a as an advantage to you and how you're going to use it to help meet needs. So we hope that that has been a very <laughs> Let's valuable. Let's wrap it up. Yes. yes. Technology's wrapped up. We'll yes. talk about it again, but it's been a good season. Yeah. And we so questions you have, you can um, you can always email us info at crazy We would love to hear your response. We're on social media. We are, we're on podcasts. We are even on YouTube, as we said. And um, also, just as a quick reminder, um, we have a membership site called Basecamp. And if you go to our website, you see that. And Basecamp is a way we can not only do this. We Podcasts tend to be topical. Basecamp, we teach you all the way through how to build a playbook to build your family. So if you want to go to our website at crazycoolfamily.com, you can find Basecamp there and check it out. It's free. And it is available to everyone. So in the meantime, we want you to do as always to go be crazy parents, crazycoolfamily.com.